0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio. We're into show number 431 and today we're going to be exploring how remote and hybrid work has changed the employee experience. Uh, For our new listeners, um, Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we are the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on great practice. Do visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter and download and use any of the myriad of free resources available to you there. I'm Jo Moffat. I'm one of the regular hosts of the radio show. Um, I'm also managing director and founder of Woodreed. Woodreed is a specialist creative agency where we use the tools, the techniques and the insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create great places to work, high-performing cultures full of engaged employees. So I'm very pleased to welcome today's special guest to the show who's going to be helping us talk about the world of hybrid work and its impact on employee experience. Um, So welcome um, Jill Kane, uh, HR leader and today's special guest. Hello Jill, how are you?
1: Hi Joe,
0: thank you so much for having me here. I'm doing really well, how are you? Good. I'm fine. Thank you very much. I'm fine. So by way of an introduction, um, Jill is an HR leader specializing in total rewards. She's got over 20 years of experience leading corporate compensation and strategic HR, HR programs. And she understands how to successfully design, implement and evaluate compensation programs, practices and policies to make sure that they're equitable and serves the best interests of a diverse employee population. Um, she's also an advisory board member for Global Women for Wellbeing um, and educates and empowers women to rise in their careers and earn the salary they deserve. Uh, all very, very important topics at the moment, but also, I think, in, uh, topics that have absolutely come to the fore uh, during the last two years of the of the global pandemic, so uh, very pleased to to have you with us, Jill. Um, can you can we start off? Just, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about your professional background? I gave us a bit of a a bit of a thumbnail there, but tell us a little bit about the, the, your the journey you were on and how you are where you are now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my background has been in HR primarily for over twenty years, and mm-hmm. mostly focused in the area of of compensation, which falls under total rewards. Um, So anything to do with designing, implementing, evaluating compensation programs, making sure they're fair and equitable and market competitive. Um, And so that's really been a major part of my focus in my career, but in the past several years, I've really gotten more and more interested in workplace wellness, so Mm -hmm. i was certified uh, as a workplace wellness consultant um, and an executive wellness leadership coach and facilitate a couple of programs on stress mastery and focus on healthy eating, so I've really um, just kind of linked those two now because I really see that, uh, you know, in, in the topic we're talking about today with employee experience and really both critical components to the employee experience. And I, you know, myself have really struggled with burnout and disengagement and fatigue and just Mm -hmm. all of the things with being a working mother and and dealing with um, how to really advance in my career and show up how I want to show up. And it's just there was always felt like there was a disconnect. And I've really gained such an interest in figuring out Uh, you know, a way forward in in doing this for myself personally, but also realizing that this isn't just my issue. You know, there's other people in corporate environments that are feeling the same way too, just feeling Mm -hmm. that burnout and fatigue. And, you know, the more and more I, I researched the topic of employee well-being, the more that I really saw that it wasn't just an additional kind of thing that is nice to have, but it actually helps businesses thrive and grow. And so I just really became much more involved in that
0: recently. So mm-hmm. those are kind of my two areas of specialty, and, and I enjoy both. Right, right. So I'm, I'm guessing from that there's a fair amount of you practicing what you preach um, and trying to apply much of what you do in your own, in your own life, and your own profession. Um, and I'm also guessing that you're very much um, in the camp that doesn't see well-being as being a, a kind of tick-box exercise of, oh, we've given them fruit on a Friday, we've done our bit, but seeing it as much more of an intrinsic part of the, how you how you interact with the entire employee journey. Would I, would I be right on those two points? Yes, you would be. <laughs> um,
1: and, and that's sort of, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on today, too, is just That evolution because I really think we're in a place right now where more and more leaders and more companies are becoming aware that that is the case. It's not just an added benefit to include in your benefits program or a couple of extra seminars or having that fruit bowl, um, but it's really much deeper than that and it's really integrated throughout the entire employee experience.
0: Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about that then and and define our terms because Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk about employee experience, um, and I just wonder how you define it, Jill, and why you think organizations really need to pay better attention to it.
1: Yeah, it does feel like it's more of a newer term, but I think it's always been there. I think what it is for me, the way that I interpret the concept of employee experience. It's really an evolution of employee engagement. And we know Mm -hmm. that companies have talked about employee engagement for years. A lot of them do an annual employee engagement survey and kind of just leave it at that. Um, But it's, I think every year it becomes more and more involved and more and more um, looking at people data and statistics and looking at what other things we can do. But I, I really think it's... The true definition is really the entire experience, and I would consider it even from the time that they're not an employee but a candidate during the recruitment mm-hmm. process, going through mm-hmm. the onboarding process, but that's you know the company's first impression or the employee's first impression of the company, so it's all of that all through the entire time that they're employed, even up until the time that they leave and that exit interview and in that experience so just similar to looking at how we look at customer experience being
0: mm-hmm. everything
1: from very beginning to end and looking at all the many touch points in between the big and small i think the employee experience is sort of the mirror of that but on the employee side and yeah. and i think it is uh, yeah something that they definitely have to pay attention to
0: mm. and i mean it should be shouldn't it a mirror of that and um when i was introducing myself at the beginning you know that's absolutely um you know a- absolutely what i what i've always believed in and, and think is important but it's not always seen in that way it's often you know often the customer is king and the employee is the uh, is sort of poor relation um and we've got to change that haven't we yes absolutely and i think that
1: that's becoming uh, the case i think that more organizations are becoming aware that that is um something they should pay attention to because it really does start with the employees. If the employees who work on your customer service team are not uh, feeling engaged or feeling their best, then they're not going to give that great customer experience anyway. So you have to really look and start within your own organization and look at the employees and look at what we can do to improve that experience too. So I think it's both are very important, but I think hmm. that we'll see more emphasis on that employee experience.
0: Yeah. And and um, does it, is it really only those employees who were in a customer-facing role that we should be thinking about here? Or uh, does this have a knock-on effect even if somebody is in a more um, backroom, less customer-facing type of role?
1: No, I think all employees, absolutely. And it it really every organization's different. Obviously, we'll have to look at the work itself. And I think ultimately what makes a great employee experience is the meaningful work. And really, mm-hmm. employees are looking for that more than ever, especially when you look at the frontline workers, let's say, um, over the pandemic, uh, they were asked to really keep things afloat, take on more shifts, um, go into work, put their own health at risk. Uh, there was a lot of Conditions that were put upon them, and so mm. we really have to look after and and it's not just those employees or just customer service, but all employees, even the ones who work in uh looking at spreadsheets all day remotely on the computer that we we don't see them all the time, right so we have to think about sure. all employees and how can we make their employee experience better because it will be a unique, I guess. And that's mm. another thing we'll see going forward with the increase of remote work and hybrid work because people are in different working conditions each day. So I think that's something to be aware of for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let, that's, let's that's moving now into into a topic, isn't it really? How how remote and hybrid work has, has changed the employee experience? So what what are some of the some of the major shifts, some of the major changes you've seen in terms of, of employee experience? since we moved more towards more flexible, more remote, more hybrid?
1: Yeah, so I can speak to even just the companies I've been working with, especially through that time period. I think Mm -hmm. the companies that really did the best were already focused on remote and hybrid work. I'd say one of the biggest changes or biggest things that were impacted of how well companies were able to adapt quickly to that situation was their technology, so um, mm-hmm. where I was working, we were already in a hybrid you know, situation. Some employees were remote, but most were hybrid, so everybody had computers enabled to work from home. They were all set up, I believe every single employee just about was able to quickly just transition to working from home without having a technology problem. So right. that made it a lot smoother, but I know that wasn't the case for a lot companies. And I think that now that maybe we're over that hump and and companies are having more employees be remote or work from home, um, just the the day-to-day technology and how well it works. Like we've all been in those meetings where we can't connect or we um, freeze and and people can't hear us or you have different etiquette that happens in in some of these meetings. So it's, it's really interesting and I find that the difference between having that versus being in a room is we're missing that nonverbal communication as well. And sometimes we're missing the fact that something could be really crazy going on behind you at home and people don't know that necessarily. So I think that the the technology is one, I, I'd say, alongside that communication, mm-hmm. I think that there was this, and we're still trying to figure out what's the appropriate amount of communication because, People felt like we're getting too many emails. We're in email overload. Um, we have people who were having trouble setting boundaries with emailing. so some of the companies I've seen actually implement some some guidelines around that around like we can't email after this time or have you know certain days where we might um not have email or you know have some yeah. boundaries in place around yeah. that. But then on the other side of things, I've also seen kind of a lack of communication and how that impacts as well. So if people are left off in an email list, uh, especially in these larger larger organizations where they have multiple distribution lists and people terminate and other people join and some people may not be part of those lists and may not all have the same information at the same time. So communication is always a huge one. Um, OK, I think, so
0: what, what would you say? Can I just interrupt you a moment? Joe? Sure, um, what, what, what would you say is the, what, what are the answers to people? If somebody's listening to you, actually, yeah, I, I recognize those tech challenges that are impacting on my employee experience. I recognize that perhaps our communication isn't, isn't as good as it ought to be. I mean, what are the, are there some quick fixes apply to try and address some of those things to improve the employee experience?
1: I think the first step is always the awareness, right because mm-hmm. when we all shifted so quickly and we didn't have time to really prepare, those were challenges initially, but then I think we had time now to really reflect on how can we prevent that from go you know going forward so
0: For sure. I think
1: it's the technology is really making sure that we have the right systems and apps and, and technology on our computers to do our jobs. So to have meetings or to, um, you know, another challenge we had was just where we keep common information because some of that had shifted and changed too. So, you know, making sure that it's it's private and, and protected as well as we can, but also that people have access. So I think awareness is a key. And I think with communication, I think it, it's, kind of both on the employee and management to kind of do an assessment and really look at how people are feeling. So some people are different in that they feel bombarded by email or they might feel like, okay, I just want to be copied on things just so I know when I have it and other people don't. And so it's how how do those people want to be communicated to, how Mm -hmm. often, what their personal preference is. And I think that just having that conversation, being aware, having the conversation and knowing the preferences is probably the key to overcoming those challenges.
0: So, so it's the onus is very much on the line manager or the team leader to really know their people uh, and treat their people as individuals and recognize that actually what suits one isn't necessarily going to be right for the other and, and apply some of those soft skills rather than a kind of one size fits all solution, Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think those are things we have to stop and think about right before we just mm. dive right into the workday and, and continue on, because we have to realize not everybody is interpreting things or having the same work experience, working remotely as they do in the office or as they do hybrid. So we need to really just be aware of that and, mm. and do that um piece up front i believe
0: yeah absolutely i think it, yeah there's much talk around being much more intentional about how you do things mm-hmm. and what you do rather than just sort of humbling along really in the way you've always done it and just thinking taking the time to think and be intentional about it yeah absolutely sorry i interrupted you what are the other major things? are there any other major shifts that you've seen
1: I think just the, uh, the relationships in the social aspect in general, too, mm-hmm. um, because we're missing some of those moments where we had in person where we could stop and chat and just connect on a personal level in those little moments throughout the day. We really don't have them fully remote. And I think that, again, just people who have maybe had families at home and were doing hybrid school and doing different things. um maybe didn't feel as connected. So there's a little Mm. bit of a disconnect there, but I also Mm -hmm. think that there's still ways to overcome that as well. So um, one example would be uh, a lot of companies now have what they call affinity groups or employee resource groups. So they're really designed in a way that they come together for a common purpose or have a common theme. So it may be working parents or maybe women, um, at work or it could be you know any any type of group around a common interest and so they're coming together mm-hmm. both socially and kind of to share ideas and to connect and having those groups really feels like you you maintain that engagement and that sense of connection and belonging versus feeling like you're just coming up to show up for work every day and to do your work and and clock out, but it's more of that establishing that connection within the organization and having those friendships and those colleagues that, you know, um, Mm -hmm. you understand that maybe they're going through similar challenges that you may be as well. So then it becomes a little bit easier, I think, to show up for work in a well and healthy way because you realize that you have support and you have that foundation
0: yes yes no that that makes sense so okay i'd like to turn now if i may um first of all to talk about reward and compensation because you you i know that's something that's been a key part of your professional life and so first to talk about that and then i want to move on before we before we close to talk about well-being in a little bit more detail too so can we start first of all then with rewards and compensation and the impact that has on employee experience and under because I think reward and compensation feels quite transactional, and employee experience feels more emotional. So how do the two chime together in your in your view, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, as I look at it, my
1: viewpoint is compensation, usually that ends up sometimes being something that is used in a lot of ways to retain employees or to um, – Keep employees engaged and keep them happy mm-hmm. and keep them from leaving. So we kind of use it as this this band-aid approach. Um, what my viewpoint is is that pay is kind of the foundation, right? You have to be paid equitably and fairly, and and I think in a way that um, suits what your experience is and and your contributions are. And for mm-hmm. people to feel whatever that number is, to feel comfortable at that level. I think then we can start addressing the rewards and recognition piece of it. Because I think that those are often overlooked. They're not always going to be about money and and adding expenses to the organization. But the recognition, um, mm-hmm. I've done a lot of research on, it's, it's really important. It's really a key factor in employee experience and engagement. Because having that acknowledgement from your manager or peer-to-peer that you did a great job. That your voice is being heard. That what you said was, you know, really mattered and really made an impact. I think that just goes such a long way to feeling great because you could be compensated really well, but if you don't have that piece of the recognition, in, in on an ongoing basis too, and feeling like your voice is being heard and you're being taken seriously and your ideas are are not being glossed over. You feel like you can offer suggestions without fearing they're going to be ignored. I think having that recognition, whether it's for small things or maybe you took on additional work for a long period of time, if you have that feedback of, you know, Hey, you're doing a great job. I really liked it when you said this, I really mm-hmm. appreciate you for this reason. I think that um, makes such a huge difference. And, and so it's my belief. I think that the compensation, we, when that need is met, um, it's not really about adding more and more to it. I think it's about having that recognition piece as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm absolutely with you, 100%. There, Jill. It, it costs nothing to say thank you. It costs nothing to say, "Hey, you were great in that meeting," or "That was a really good piece of work," or "You, you know, you had my back there. Thank you." or Equally, it costs nothing to actually listen to someone's point of view. And actually, we know, we know all the research shows us that actually people in the front line, people doing the job on a day-to-day basis, often the ones that have got the best ideas for how to improve things, how to make processes more efficient, how to improve customer experience and so on. But if we would only just ask the right questions and then listen to them, and, and of course, then that contrib- that feeling people have that they're valued um, is, is enormously powerful isn't it yeah. and which leads on I think to my to the next theme I wanted to explore and that was really to pick up on the whole well-being thing with you and um perhaps ask you um how how that feeds into the overall employee experience yes and I think picking back up on what
1: we were talking about when we first started the conversation and what I, I think I'm excited about is I think we're seeing this paradigm shift now from wellness 1.0 to wellness 2.0 is what I would Mm -hmm. refer to it as, which the wellness 1.0 version is thinking of employee wellness as a nice to have or a benefit option. You know, the gym discounts, the free fruit bowls and the healthy snacks and maybe a few seminars on sleep or stress management. But it's really, um, I think, getting thought of much more than just something extra and something in addition to work. I think when it was that, a lot of times what I would see at the workplace would be maybe there's a seminar happening at lunchtime, but people are too busy or they don't, that's their only free time, they don't want to go to it, or it always felt like an extra piece of my work to do versus being kind of integrated in a foundational way into your work day. So I think it's really clear now, especially over the last couple of years, that it has to be part of the employee experience and it has to be integrated into the work. And leadership really sets the tone for this. Mm-hmm. We can't, you know, offer programs and then schedule meetings at twelve noon and nobody can go. Um, And I think they just really have to lead by example. So that gets into the policies, the programs, the way that we design work, the job design, just recognizing that people need time and space to care and look after their well-being. And that can look really individual for people. It can be really specific to that individual. Um, So I think that also the other shift is that leaders need to understand that employee wellness is really foundational to a healthy and thriving business as well. It's not something to look at like it's not an expense. It's actually going to improve your bottom line and create higher profits and have, you'll have more retention and higher productivity and performance. So all of those business reasons to do it, but it's, it's not just an HR initiative or an extra kind of thing to do, but really that I think when leadership owns it, those are the companies that really do it well and have great cultures and great engagement because leadership owns it. They champion it. They are visible. They're making it a core value and it's, you can feel that it's integrated
0: throughout uh, that Mm. company and the employee experience. Mm. And they need, and you say they need to be visible and they need to be, they kind of need to be and, – and this is something we've seen a lot, actually. all the, Well, certainly the best companies have done it in the last couple of years. Leadership has become much more human, much more authentic, and much more kind of honest and open about where they've had challenges or where they're struggling or, um, you know, they're not sort of impl- – they're, they're, they're being very authentic, being their authentic selves and showing that actually maybe they are suffering from stress or, you know, they lead by example – um, and, uh, and don't send emails every, you know, throughout the entire weekend or at four o'clock in the morning or whatever it might be. So, yeah. That, that yeah.
1: I love that you said that about leadership, you know, kind of being more human because I think especially, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, just, still can remember some of the video messages from the CEO or from uh, some of the leaders sharing some of the personal things they were going through and how mm-hmm. impactful that was for employees to hear that and just the yes. sharing alone of that um, really mm-hmm. just made people feel, uh, I think, you know, more engaged, more um, kind of like they weren't alone or isolated, that they really felt like they had a caring leadership team. So oh. I think that that
0: makes such a huge difference for sure. Doesn't it? It does. It's interesting. Actually, I'm doing some work at the moment um, with, a, with a client and doing some employee voice research um, as part of our insight gathering. And one of the quotes that I saw just earlier this afternoon was well, along the lines of um, during the pandemic, um, we saw some real positive change in the way leadership worked and leadership interacted with us please don't let's lose that now that things are starting to mm-hmm. settle back to normal and um you know that is a heartfelt plea i suspect that an awful lot of people would would echo um excellent all right we've got we've got just a couple of minutes left jill um so i just want to very quickly um one trend that's on the horizon what have, what are we got to look out for yeah
1: so i think a few things. So from the compensation standpoint, one thing that I think is on a lot of compensation professionals' minds is about how do we continue to pay people when people are working remote and working all over and working in different locations? Um, Mm -hmm. So like maintaining the equity, being aware of all the legal ramifications, there's going to be a lot to that. So I think that's one, at least for for the comp people (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. out there. Um, I think on the wellness side and just in the overall like company culture side of things, I think we'll see a lot more um, willingness and openness of leaders to encourage people to bring their whole self to work. So okay. we see a lot now with um, focus on mental health, on diversity, equity inclusion efforts, um, embracing differences and And having more of those open conversations. And I I like that trend. I hope that continues. And I think that, I know, a lot of um, talk has been going on about having a four-day work week. I think that's really interesting. And I think that we'll see more companies testing and experimenting with that. Mm. And then I think overall, and, and I really think maybe this isn't just a trend for what's coming, but what's already in there is just that people um, employees are really doing a lot of introspection and, and want to focus on meaningful work experiences so they're not as focused on climbing the corporate ladder and titles and hierarchy but really on uh, focusing on the knowledge and skills and the meaning and the values the company has does this company uh, do their values align with my personal values my and how am I yeah. spending my time? Yeah. So I think we'll see yeah. more companies more addressing coming. That. Jill, mm-hmm.
0: thank you. And we've got to wind it up now, I'm afraid. Um, can you just quickly, uh, I know you've got a, an assessment, a free assessment tool that you're happy to make available to our listeners. Can you quickly tell people where they can find that? And then I need to thank everyone and, and close up.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I have a free organizational wellness assessment I can offer all the listeners and it's just on the homepage of my website which is
0: Jill, J-I-L-L hyphen Kane, K-A-N-E Lovely. That's great. Jill, thank you so much. Um, Jill Kane, HR leader, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Engage for Success Radio. And um, uh, don't forget, you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. Just visit engageforsuccess.org. And if you want to get involved in the movement, get in touch um, at engageforsuccess.org. We'll be back here same time next week. Thank you and goodbye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.
1: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.